This podcast contains discussion about adult topics. Use your judgment if there are little ears around. Welcome to Doing It. This is a podcast made by the Family Planning Victoria Schools Education Team. Doing it because it's something young people often ask, how to do it. Parents and carers often ask how to do it, as in having these really important conversations with the young people in their lives. My name is Anne and I'm part of the Family Planning Victoria Schools Education Team. We go to schools and run classes for all year levels on bodies, growing up, puberty, sex, reproduction and relationships, all things that are relationships and sexuality education. This podcast is for parents and carers of school-aged children so that we can share what goes on in a relationships and sexuality education class and help support these sorts of conversations at home. Today's episode is about consent. Consent is a word we use a lot in our classes. It's a word that young people have heard before, uh, but are often not quite sure what it means in relation to their own body or to sexual relationships or any sort of relationship. At primary school, students have often heard the word in relation to a consent form, so they might think that their parents have to sign a form before they have sex. We tell students that there has to be consent before anything sexy happens. It doesn't matter if that sexy thing is touching or kissing or talking or exchanging sexy pictures or intercourse. Consent has to be freely given without fear, force or pressure and there should also be ongoing consent during the sexual experience. The law has a bit to say about consent also. Today I'm going to talk to Family Planning Victoria Schools Educator Kit about how we introduce the topic of consent and what we might say about it at different year levels. Before we start, I'd like to say that we are talking about consent and issues around relationships and sexuality. If you think this is going to be upsetting or distressing for you, please um, use your discretion. Since recording this episode, Kit has listened and thought there was a couple of things that she really wanted to say about consent. She really wanted to use the words enthusiastic consent more in this discussion, so keep that in mind. Enthusiastic consent is really what we're explaining in classes with young people. Also, we didn't define sex so much in this discussion. Sex can mean different things to different people. I recommend listening to the episode called What is Sex? to hear more about this. So Kit, thank you for talking to me. We're going to talk about consent today. Cool, thanks for having me. My first question is, when do we start talking about consent to young people in schools? Well, we in schools we start talking to young people about consent um, right from prep or foundation onwards. And we particularly focus a lot on it in those early years and talking about protective behaviours and bodily autonomy. Kind of putting it in language that that younger children can understand, talking about how they are the boss of their body uh, and no one is allowed to touch their body uh, without their permission. And sometimes actually even by grade three, four, they're starting to take on the language of bodily autonomy and they really like that they they learn such a a fancy word for it. And that's quite a big change when they start schools because when they're at home with their parents, their parents and carers might be doing a lot for them. So it's kind of a, a, a shift in language and a shift in thinking when they get to school. But even before they get to school, their grown-ups at home are teaching them a lot about consent. This is true, yeah. Often, um, 
adults are doing this from birth, sometimes without even realising that they're that they're actively teaching about consent. So uh, sometimes even when when kids are playing, for example, playing with with siblings or with other children their own age, talking about you know sharing toys and that sort of thing, that that kids have to you know ask permission before they can use someone else's toy, mm-hmm. um, or you know those, those sorts of uh, sorts of things all actually fold into learning about consent. Yep. So what's our definition of consent? So we, when we're talking about consent, we um, often use terms like giving permission or terms around uh, giving free agreement to something without fear, force or pressure. So being able to freely say, yes, I want to do this thing without um, someone forcing you into it, whether that's physically or emotionally, um, you know, forcing you or putting, putting pressure on you, or without threatening, threatening you, you know, if you don't do this, then this will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as none of that stuff's happening and people are freely being able to say yep. yes, then that's what consent is. Yep. And Eva, that's a really important concept for young people to understand well before they start sexual relationships. Absolutely. Um, and it specifically applies to sexual relationships. Yes. yes. Yep. So what does the law say about sex and consent? The law has quite a lot to say about this. So I should just say up front, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a legal expert. Um, so uh, please please take that <laughs> take this under advice but yeah so the look the law the law is clear to say there are certain times when consent is not possible or does not happen so we already mentioned um, if someone for example is forced into doing something or if they say yes to something because they're worried about what might happen to them or what might happen to someone else or if they're uh, kind of pressured or coerced into it then the law is very clear to say that that is actually not consent the law also says if someone is not able to understand uh, kind of what they're agreeing to, that that's not consent. So for, perhaps, for example, some people um, with certain types of cognitive disabilities, that might be applicable there. Uh, if someone is asleep or unconscious or so affected by alcohol or other drugs, um, then that is not consent. Um, the law is a little bit vague about what so affected by alcohol or other drugs actually means and that could potentially be a case-by-case basis but you know certainly if someone is uh, you know very very drunk or sort of passed out in the corner then that's pretty clearly not consent if someone's being tricked into saying yes so for example if um, they think they're having sex with one person but it turns out it's someone else then that's not consent or if they think that something is happening for medical purposes um, when that's not actually why it's happening then that's not consent there's quite a lot to this. <laughs> ways it's not consent. There, there really are, um, and which is quite different, isn't it? Because you know, consent, mm. as we talked about, in some ways is simple, as in it's just a free agreement of your yeah. own free will. But yeah, then there's all these other layers kind of sitting underneath that. Mm. I'll just have there's only one more I'll just talk about when the, the law says um, when there's not consent. And this one's a really interesting one because this only came into effect on the 1st of July 2017. And this one is that if the person does not say or do anything to indicate consent, then there is no consent. And this one's really, really important because it goes to the idea of affirmative consent, where someone has to actually say, yes, I want to do this, or they have to indicate very, very clearly um, through their body language that they do want to do it Mm. for there to be consent. So if someone, for example, is just 
I don't know, lying there and not saying Free, anything. Or freezing because they're scared. Exactly. Nothing because they're scared, there's not consent. Exactly. So basically what it means is the law is now really clear to say the other person can't just assume, well, they didn't say no, so I figured it was a yes. The law is now saying no, that's actually not good enough. The other person has to really clearly indicate or say, mm -hmm. yes, I want to do this for that to be considered consensual. Mm-hmm. And the law says a little bit about ages as well. So we would refer to Vic Legal Aid for this information that sort of spells it out really clearly. So what does the law say about age of consent? Yeah, so in Victoria, um, essentially the, the age of consent is 16, but there's a few other, few other layers to this as well. So under the age of 12, um, a young person cannot consent. They're just considered to be kind of too mm. young and not able to really weigh up. Mm -hmm. um, so even if they say, yes, that's, uh, I definitely want to have sex, the law says they're too young. Exactly, exactly. That they don't really fully understand all the implications of exactly what it is that they're agreeing to. So therefore, that's not consent. If someone's aged between 12 and 16 in that age group there, um, as long as the other person is, is within 24 months of, of their age, um, then that is considered um, to be it's kind of a technically it's a defence, yeah. yeah. If, if something ever kind of, you know, went to court or there was a complaint made, that basically that would be a, a considered a, yeah, a defence um, to say, or to, to any charge that would potentially arise out of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, as long as they're within 24 months. And this is basically about making sure that there's not a huge power imbalance between the, the people in, the, in that sexual relationship or that sexual situation. So yeah, it's kind of considered as long as they're close to each other in age, then that probably is, um, mm -hmm. you know, as long as all the other consent yeah. uh, boxes have been ticked, yeah, um, yeah that, that's, that that's okay. For 16 and 17 year olds, they are not allowed to have sex with someone who is in a position of care, supervision or authority over them. So for example, they couldn't have sex with a teacher or their sports coach or their scout leader, yeah, anyone like that who's mm -hmm. in a position of care or supervision or authority. Um, and then from the age of 18, basically if, it's, if you're going 18 plus, uh, there's no... Considered an adult. Exactly. So um, there's no age restrictions there as long as they're having sex with someone older than them. Um, so, but even though, though the law doesn't have any age restrictions at that point, there are sometimes other uh, professional restrictions. So again, for example, teachers um, are not allowed to have sex mm. with students regardless of whether they're over 18. Um, so at a university, there, exactly. would, there would be university policies about teacher-student relationships. Exactly, or you know, psychologists are not allowed to have sex with clients. So again, this is about that power, power imbalance and just making sure that the um, the person who has less power in the situation is protected from, um, yeah, from being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. So the law says a lot about consent. It does. <laughs> so whose responsibility is it to get consent? The short answer is it's everyone's responsibility. <laughs> so look, we, we know that one of the, the hallmarks of a healthy relationship, whether it's sexual or otherwise, um, is communication. Um, and so that's obviously really, really important when we're talking about a sexual relationship and consent as well. So anyone who's involved should be communicating with each other, they should be checking in with each other. I do sometimes say to young people um, in secondary schools when we're talking about this, that if there's a situation where it's clearly one person who is initiating the sexual contact, then the onus really kind of falls on them to make sure that they have the consent of the other person. But yeah, basically, 
yeah. everyone should be everyone yeah. should be saying yes and everyone should be asking exactly <laughs> and and it's also important to note that that's not just a one-time question you don't just ask up front you know hey do you want to have sex yes great let's go it's about kind of checking in as as things progress um, and just making sure that the other person is still comfortable with what's going on and still enjoying what's going on so you know yeah just checking in and and yeah making sure everyone still wants to be there and they're still happy they're happy with what's going on yeah um, so progressive consent is really yeah which that's exactly what it's called progressive consent yep um so in classes just to reinforce that idea of of asking with words to get consent we sometimes run an activity where they have to write down a way that they might ask consent and they also have to, students have to write down a way that they might respond, either affirmative or negative. And then they practice reading those out to each other. And it's really challenging to do uh, for students to say those words out loud and hopefully get into their minds that uh, consent isn't always going to be obvious and words are the best way of getting it. What, what I've found in sessions is that if I throw the question open to the class about, well, how could you go about asking for consent? Often the answer I get back is along the lines of, do you want to have sex with me? Um, which, which is great. It's well, a really well great done. start. <laughs> this is the thing. It's, it's good. It ticks a lot of boxes. It's direct. It's to the point. It's very clear in terms of what are you asking the other person to do? And then they can give a very clear, you know, yes, no, I'm not sure whatever it is. And obviously you would only proceed if you hear a, heck yes, <laughs> I really want to have sex with you. But you know, when I ask students to be a little bit more creative and think about how else they might be able to ask for consent, often I get a lot of blank faces and silence in the room. So yeah, I, I use this video with Lacey Green because um, she gives some, some really interesting creative examples about how else you can ask for consent and, and in that progressive ongoing way. So checking in and just being like, hey, you know, how are you doing? Are you feeling okay? Do you like this? Do you want me to keep going? Um, you know, where do you want me to touch you? Should I, do you want me to go faster, harder, slower, softer? And so the beauty of this is not only are you checking in and making sure that the other person is giving their consent, but it also opens up a lot of really good conversations around pleasure and mutual pleasure. And so, you know, I'm sure and making sex a positive experience exactly. for the people choosing it. Exactly. So making sure everyone's yeah, really having fun and, and it is that positive experience that we want all sexual relationships to be. Awesome. Um, we do get asked about the law a little bit in class and um, sometimes students will ask, well, what if uh, there is not consent and sex happens anyway? So how would we respond to that? So I guess the first thing to um, kind of emphasise to students is that if there's no consent and sex happens anyway, then um, that, is, that is against the law. Um, and the person who has done that is, has, has done the wrong thing. And the person who's found themselves in that situation, um, it, that it's not their fault. It's important for young people to know that there's lots of support available to yeah. them. And, and that's what I was going to say. Like, I think it's, it's really important. We, we kind of say, look, in the first instance, tell someone that you trust. Um, what, what's happened, talk things through, get some support. There's also some really great, great services out there in the community that people can access. So 1800RESPECT is the national hotline for people who have experienced sexual assault um, or uh, domestic violence. And there's also, we also have places called CASA, which is the Centres Against Sexual Assault. Um, and they also have people who are specially trained to support and, and provide counselling for people who have experienced um, rape or sexual assault. 
What sort of messages could adults pass on to their young people about consent? I guess we've already touched on that earlier uh, when we talked about how um, probably from birth kids are learning about consent um, from, from the adults around them um, and also from, from their peers and their friends as well. So that's something to keep in mind, I guess, that yeah, children are always learning. So they're, you know, from, from things that they observe in terms of uh, relationships between different people in the family, um, from their own experiences of how different people in the family respond to them. Um, they're always, always, always learning through that. Um, the other thing that can be useful is looking for teachable moments. Um, so things like TV shows, movies, uh, song lyrics, film clips, all those sorts of things. There's often a lot of um, both implicit and explicit messages about relationships and consent and sexuality. So just using those teachable moments to have conversations with your kids as well can be mm. really, really good. You know, even talking about, oh, hey, you know that scene we, that we just saw in that film? Like, what did you think about that? How did it make you feel? You know, what, do, you, would, do you think that was consensual? Mm. You know, why? Why not? What did you see going on there that, you know, mm. was, was interesting? You know, having those sorts of conversations can and be I, great. And how it might have changed from when we were young. And I know mm. something that's come up for a few parents that I know, parents and carers that I know, seeing the film Sixteen Candles. Yes. And all the Molly Ringwood films that we grew up with yes. that had really poor messages about consent. Yep. And as an adult you can see them. Yep. Really good conversations to have with young people. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it's kind of shocking, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, when you rewatch things. Yeah. Ooh, yep. Yes, yeah, watch out for those rom-coms. There's yeah. some, <laughs> some really interesting messages in yeah. some of them. Mm. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking to me Thank and you. doing all that research and writing down all those uh, important things that you just said. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Kit for talking about consent with me. This is my little summary of what we've just discussed. Start talking about consent early. Understand what the law says about consent. Discuss how important consent is for an ethical, safe, enjoyable sexual experience. Consent is everyone's responsibility. Some resources that we use in class and some that we've mentioned in the podcast. We use a clip called Consent for Kids. You can find it on YouTube. I'll put a link in the description of the podcast. We also use for older students uh, the analogy consent is like a cup of tea. I'll put a link for that also. Scarletine.com has really great resources for young people directly uh, and some great information for, for anyone to read about sex and consent. We've used a reference Victorian Legal Aid uh, for our information about consent and the law. 1-800-RESPECT was mentioned, also CASA for information about sexual assault. Kit mentioned Lacey Green, there's a clip we use called Consent 101, I'll link that in the podcast notes as well. For more information about us, you can go to fpv.org.au. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment. Thank you so much for listening.